Welcome to Minding Your Business podcast hosted by Shubham Bell. Minding Your Business podcast is a series of candid episodes that take you through the lived experiences of different people in business and beyond through casual conversations. It throws light on the speaker's stories and seeks to address the underlying issue of mental health and destigmatize it. Through this podcast, we hope to encourage our listeners to reach out for help and take better care of their own well-being. A bit of the adult talk a bit of humor and hopefully a lot of learning for everyone please be aware that we will be talking about mental illness and the episode may include discussions related to imposter syndrome burnout and failure eating disorder low self esteem and low self confidence panic attacks and more if you find the content distressing please be kind to yourself take a break if you need to and if you need support please reach out to professional help in the university or outside links to which are given in the podcast description and in case of urgent support call lifeline 24/7 on 13114 now without much ado let's move on to the next episode we hope you enjoy it hello everyone welcome to minding your business podcast I am your host Shubham Bed and in this episode we will be talking to two young professionals who will take us through a journey that a lot of us will embark upon sooner or already have we will talk about how to navigate our way into the world of job hunting especially when a lot of us may receive an email saying unfortunately your application as students it can often be extremely disheartening applying for internships casual or even full time roles some may be lucky to quickly get through the internship process and the interview process while for most they receive an email saying that unfortunately your application could not proceed to the next stage this episode we'll talk about how one can build resilience when applying for different roles and what one can do to not lose hope in the face of rejections well without much ado i would like to introduce our guests jina hong and kostavedi well Gina is a UNSW alumni who has done a bachelor's in media with specialization in public relations and advertisement. She then went on to intern for a fashion and beauty agency and also worked with a well-known non-profit organization, White Ribbon Australia. She's currently working as the assistant brand manager with Lovekins, an Australian skincare and well-being brand. She's extremely creative and even picked up knitting as a lockdown hobby. A fun fact about her is that she's a foodie and well she even studies the menu before going to a restaurant and learns how to pronounce exotic dishes. Well coming to course well he has a very interesting journey too. He did his bachelor's in electrical engineering where he realized he hated dealing with generators and actually liked dealing with people a lot more. Thus leading him to UNSW Business School's Master of Commerce specializing in marketing and HR. While studying at business school, he became the brand ambassador for Teach for Australia, which acted like a guiding force and motivated him to pursue a career in recruitment. Well, he now works as a technical recruitment consultant for Mantech Recruitment, helping tech and IT startups find the best people for their teams. Well, he's extremely fond of outdoor activities and loves to explore new places. However, what surprises him the most as well is his own adaptability to food. He was a vegetarian before coming to Australia, but now 
he calls himself a flexitarian. Well, I haven't heard that before, but there it is. Well, Gina and Kos, welcome to the podcast. I would love to know more about the pronunciation and the flexitarian bit, but let's do it offline. Well, <laughs> to begin with, Gina, what has your story been like? Yeah, um, first of all, thank you so much for having us. I guess what I want to mention about my job search journey would be more so of a defining moment of how my mindset changed. So obviously looking for a job for a couple of months, I was in sort of a limbo um, and the guilt of not having an income, but constantly spending money. So what I did was on the side, I was participating in supporting university psychology researchers as a subject um, to fund my excessive Messina obsession. Um, anyway, so there was this one day picture yourself sitting in the lab <laughs> and the researcher had to check on my, I guess, mental space and how I was doing, how I was feeling. And the next minute with this brain scan equipment on my head, I was pouring my heart out to this complete stranger. And that's the moment that I realized, wow, this job search thing has really gotten to me and I'm actually kind of depressed. Um, and it, it was such a big thing to me, though it may sound as profound, but I, I feel like a lot of people, when they're looking for a job handling rejections, they don't realize that it is normal and your feelings are valid. And the first thing to, I guess, make a difference is to acknowledge that you're feeling this way and you want to change this. No, definitely, uh, Gina, that's actually at that point, uh, you know, when you realize that, okay, this is something which is going wrong with me. A lot of us do not actually realize that, okay, this is what is wrong. And as humans, we are all susceptible to change, right? None of us like being rejected. And especially when you've uh, invested so much time into it, you feel like I need something out of it as well. And then you get rejection after rejection. You feel very demotivated. Well, in a moment like this, how did your journey turn out to be cause? So my journey was a bit, um, of course, a lot similar to Gina's, but also a bit different because add a global pandemic to it. Um, I graduated just before the pandemic and I was looking for jobs um, around January, February, 2020. And of course it was really tedious going through the job process and getting the, unfortunately your application is not successful emails back to back. And around mid-March, I was able to somehow get a job, a really good job, which I wanted, but it was the same time when the lockdown hit and they scrapped the role and I was back at square one again. And there was just a lot of uncertainty. And I think that for me was my defining moment because I knew either I can fall in that deep dark hole where I can just feel, feel so horrible about myself and all the work which I've done is useless, or I can take something from it and just be more resilient in that sense. And so I, at that point, I knew I need a break. I've been looking for jobs as a full-time job. 
So I need a break from that full-time job. I took a break for a few months to just focus on the surviving the pandemic, I guess, and <laughs> um, just um, jumped back in when I thought, okay, I'm ready to go back out in the world, just um, apply for jobs again. So I applied for jobs again in July, August time, and then I was able to get a job uh, in September, which ultimately, now that I look in retrospect, that's, that was really good, but that that was my defining moment in the pandemic. That's actually a very well said story. Um course because you, know, you what you mentioned was uh, finding a job is also a full-time job right and you understood that you were burning out probably while looking for these jobs and you decided okay let me take a break and it's absolutely all right to take a break from that because there's not always a possibility that you will get that opportunity right yeah and it doesn't matter when we say that uh, if there are no doors make a door for yourself but it's not always possible, especially <laughs> when you're faced with a pandemic like that. Exactly. And it's good that you took that break and you went on ahead. Okay, let me clear my schedule out. Let me clear my mind and I'll get back to it. Sooner or later, I will be there. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, so it's not, yeah, it's, it's not a race. It's a marathon. Everybody get, everybody will finish it. If, even if they walk in the end. So I, I am a big believer in that. So and I, here I am uh, on the other side of the marathon. So uh, really happy I took that break. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you took that break. But Gina, how did you deal with uh, that particular moment when um, you went off thinking that, okay, it's not working out for me at that time. So what did you do? What were your next steps? So for me, it really was about the mindset shift. Um, looking at this previously I mentioned it as a limbo but it's actually the best time for you to explore different opportunities and different things that you actually wanted to do we all know there are so many to-do lists but we always find reasons to say I don't have time for that Um, but now you have the blank canvas and what I did was establish a routine so I still kept on looking for jobs but at the same time um, I started writing a lot I had my own writing portfolio Um, I looked for free internships and that's how I landed the um, White Ribbon Australia opportunity, made really great connections and found something that I actually am really passionate about. And all of these things really helped that when I was doing that, I didn't expect it to help my job search. If that makes sense, I in the end actually um, landed my current job, but as also got an offer from another non-for-profit and even though I didn't take the non-for-profit role, I'm still doing um, corporate social responsibility activities in my current role. So I guess it's a really great time to say yes to everything. Don't, even if it makes you a little bit uncomfortable or scared, um, you don't really have an excuse to say no. And it really helped me develop a lot of, I guess, personal growth if I may say so <laughs> um but yeah I, I yeah thank you <laughs> Cosmic no he's seen me growing up um yeah it's just it, it's also a great way I guess to really face um the aspects that you want to improve whether it's professionally or your personality for me um it's about building confidence and you know becoming more assertive 
and it really reflects in your day-to-day. as you apply for jobs, you would realize that you're actually making improvements. And even though you're still being rejected, you would develop a sense of achievement. And it's just a good pat on the back, knowing that you're slowly and steady moving forward. No, absolutely. I do believe, like uh, like you said, that uh, it's a journey of personal as well as professional growth. And um, like Kos also mentioned, like, in fact, both of you, you all did something uh, which most people wouldn't do in a situation like this, when you feel so low that and you're disheartened thinking that, okay, I'm not moving forward. What do I do? Both of you actually found a way to do something else. You took up writing, uh, you went on to make your own portfolio. And uh, cause you, even if you relax, you took that break just to self-reflect. And I think um, it is really important that uh, at some point we reflect and say, okay, am I happy doing what I'm doing as well? Don't you think, guys? I agree. I think that that's such a big life-changing moment. Job hunting changes people, I would say, especially out of um, universities because university, you're still protected. You're still in a protected environment. Now you're out there in the world. You have to... establish something you have to prove something that I can survive by myself in in that setting and it is a bit more ruthless of course that is very evident by the number of rejections we get and I'm pretty sure everybody has gotten those rejections and in I think from for me in in that sense I I would agree that that professional and personal growth was a lot because I just reflected and even in that personal reflection I'm like okay my the CVs which I sent I'm not getting as many reply I edit and change my CV so little tweaks I think that was a good time to just I would say in general in any job hunt take some time to pause you've sent applications for two weeks you haven't gotten a response stop reflect and see what's what's not working try something else at least you'll have different trial and errors. And then I'm sure one will hit the mark. I totally agree. So true. That's so true. Yeah. And another thing that's also really helpful is to ask for feedback, even though majority of the time you won't get constructive feedback, but at least, you know, you're trying to make the most out of every rejection, which is really important Mm. and definitely helped me with, I guess, facing rejections in a more positive light. No, for sure. That's one thing that uh, we all will have to learn. And it's only with time probably that uh, we learn that how much these uh, feedbacks and asking for feedback can help and change us as well. In this journey, like you both said, like you all went through uh, something both mentally, right? So, and of course, um, that is common for a lot of people. Having said that, how do you deal with your mental health and make sure ensure good mental health and well-being on a daily basis? Kaz, do you want to go first? Yes, if I not, um, <laughs> I think for me, I like. I think the first thing is realizing what recharges you as a person. Um, if you have an understanding of that, 
And of course, if you're going through some mental health issues, like I had a bit of job rejection anxiety, I stopped checking my emails in the mornings because I knew there are going to be more rejection emails. And just to deal with that, I know the like the way I deal is with support from my friends and people around. And I think during my job hunt journey, I constantly talked about it to my housemates, to Gina, like every time I was disappointed, I didn't get a job. I just gave her a call, let it all out. And just sometimes even just unloading all the emotions which are being built up can do wonders for your mental health. And I, I think as I think Gina might be able to expand more on it that we were discussing, sometimes a good cry is good. Just cry it out. Like we always said, you know, just don't um, just hold back your emotions. No, sometimes just, you know, maybe cry yourself to sleep to just help it out of the emotions and, and ask for help. If you feel it's not in control, ask for help. That's the second thing. And I initially hesitated to ask for help because we, we get so much self low self-worth while getting rejections from jobs. We feel a bit worth, worthless in that situation, but so I surrounded myself with my friends who were so supportive and so uplifting during that journey. I think that for me was a game changer in, in keeping me sane and for my mental health. Yeah, totally. I think having a, any form of emotional release is really important. Um, like we've been discussing, it's so important to first identify that you're actually feeling this way. Um, and whether it's journaling, whether it's crying or talking to your family, friends, that's the first step of dealing with it. Um, and I definitely also feel like having a regimen is really important to deal with, um, feeling a little bit depressed or anxious. Um, what I did was I did force myself to go out and even if it's just a short run, force that endorphins out of your body. Um, and I guess if I could ever give myself my younger self advice, I would definitely say, take it easy. I know it's hard if you're currently going through the job search journey, um, you would think that this is just not ending and it's how, how could it be easy, but Mm -hmm. eventually it will be okay. Um, and this is really, once you start working, there's practically no stopping, um, so this is really the last us. vacation, <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well enjoy it. Um, but obviously, you still have to be proactively saying yes to things, looking for opportunities, but just take it easy, give yourself credit, um, and it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry. 100%. And as you would all say, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Exactly. And definitely. Because um, you like uh, you work in the recruitment agency, right? So would yes. you be willing to share some tips or even some facts as to what employers expect or like even telling our students, okay, probably there are a few reasons that why they, why they are rejected. Probably it's not their fault. Sometimes exactly. of course, like they do not uh, uh, meet up to the criteria, but of course, a majority of the times it can also happen that it is not their fault, absolutely. Probably they're extremely good and yet they wouldn't get something. So what what, what would you say about that? Um, to that, anybody listening who uh, who's there, especially 
for international students. This is just focused a bit more on international students. Now that I've worked in recruitment and I've recruited graduate roles, um, on when you send your application, there's a check mark, are you a citizen, permanent resident, or an, a visa holder? And sometimes when you tick it automatically, you're sometimes you're just rejected directly. You might get the rejection email after two, three days, but you will like it's not your fault. You might have a great profile, but it's it's just the visa conditions which makes things harder for international students. And as in in other things which might not potentially be their fault is sometimes a lot of graduates, they're great, but they don't seek help from resources like careers and employment and um, their resumes are not as clean. They're, they've not been able to show what they've been doing um, because when I was going through my job hunt phase, that's what I was thinking. I was working throughout my uni. I got a distinction average grade. I, and I was at the top of my class. What's going wrong? Why am I not get like getting a job? It's, but now being a recruiter, I can see some, now I don't take it personally. Rejections are not personal at all. Sometimes, unfortunately, this is the case that if we get 200 applications, we cannot go through them all. And sometimes the machine will do the work for us and automatically reject you. Yeah, well, it's, it's the sad truth. Definitely the sad truth of being an international student. Um, I, I want to highlight that there's actually so many great resources at uni. Um, mm. I did participate in the mentors mentorship program. So they pair you with industry professionals who are uh, who graduated from UNSW. And my mentor really helped me a lot. And like Kaz mentioned, um, I guess this is the first time that you're pitching yourself to companies and you may not be the best at telling your own story. So it's definitely trial and error. So seeking help is very, very important and definitely utilize the resources that you can get hold of because that's why they're, they're there. They exist for you. Um, yeah. No, definitely. You do touch base on some really, really important points over here. And you talked about um, seeking help from uh, not just uh, professionals when it comes to your mental health, but also seeking help from career coaches when it comes to not being able to tell your story. And I think it is really important that we all understand over here that it is not personal. Yes. And exactly. a lot of us uh, go through that process. But again, it is also important that we um, are prepared for it somewhere. Yeah. A hundred percent. And and just to like also cover back on like non-international students, just who even, of course, even for them, job hunting can be a tedious process because I've seen a lot of profiles with um they are locals, they, they have the PR and the citizenship, but they've not been able to convey what value they bring. They've not been, like I've seen a four, four lines resume of somebody who was a distinction grade student. And like, oh, you're so smart, but it's just, no, he didn't seek the help from other resources. And mm. you can apply 100 places, people will just look at, it takes seven seconds for a, a recruiter to look at your resume. And and from the first look, that's a rejection, even though you like, so little things can definitely help as well in, in those instances. Yeah, there is a formula and 
you unfortunately just have to follow it. I also just remember my own experience that I was so close to getting a role. Um, I knew everything went really well. The interviews were really great. And I had my final chat with the CEO. And towards the end of the call, he asked me about my future plans. Do I have families in Australia? Do I have a partner? Mm -hmm. And eventually I didn't get the role. And there could be many reasons. I did ask for feedback, but it was all good things. Um, so you just kind of have to acknowledge that if you're an international student, you're constantly at a disadvantage, but mm -hmm. it's okay. You just have to find ways to improve your resume and maybe look into the companies that you're applying for. Is that something that your skill sets are suited for? For instance, if you're bilingual, look, look for a company that is international um, mm -hmm. and think about what you want in the next two years, next three years. Um, do you want to stay in Australia or is this just, um, I guess, the Australian experience that you want and you're moving forward to a different place? It's all something that you should take into consideration. That's actually very well said. That's very, very well said. Because it's not like you said, uh, Gina, it's not just about being an international uh, uh, student or you're a domestic student. Um, it's also about getting that one one uh, resume right or that one company right who wants you because probably you me cause all of us will somewhere uh, you two already have uh, amazing jobs that you're loving to and you you love what you're doing that's amazing just like that um, through this podcast i hope that whoever is listening also knows that you will find that right fit it is that we need to keep on looking Exactly. And, and this is one thing, there's a sentence which one of my friends told me, and I, I think about it a lot to keep myself motivated whenever I'm losing hope or something. So he, he just told me, you just have to do it right once. And it's, it's something which has stayed with me. And it's, it's something which I think back, okay, whenever I'm losing hope, like, okay, you just have to do it right once. Okay, get back up, you can do it again. So all the students listening to that, you just have to do it right once and it gets better from there. All rejections are leading you towards the right direction. Yes. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Kos and Gina, for coming and sharing your stories. It takes a lot of courage to share and become vulnerable in front of so many people and showcasing that, okay, it's all right to not be okay. It's okay to be rejected. And yes, stand back up again and apply for those jobs. Exactly. Thanks for so, having us. Thanks for having I us. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope that everyone who is listening to this uh, also takes a lot of learning from this. And if at any time, um, for our listeners as well, if you feel you're overwhelmed, do not hesitate to reach out and ask for help. Make sure we have amazing services in UNSW and outside. And it is there for you. You are not alone in this and we all will go through this or have gone through this at some point. So make sure yeah. that someone is always there for you. And that's Definitely. where we ended. Thank you Definitely. so much, guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks, Shubham.